0: All right. We're trying a new thing tonight. We'll see if the media wants to cooperate with us. No note cards, because this is the last week. Kind of bittersweet. So here's your warning. If you have a question, something you've been meaning to ask and haven't yet, tonight is the night. Amen? Amen. So we'll go ahead and start with prayer. We have plenty of time tonight. So does anyone have a prayer request that they'd like spoken? Amen. Anyone else? All right, well, let's just take a couple of minutes and pray to start us off. Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you've done over the last few weeks, God. Lord, you've seen, Lord, and you know the situations that we're all dealing with today, God. You've heard these urgent needs that have been spoken, Lord. I pray for healing, God, in the bodies of those who are sick, Lord Jesus. Comfort, Lord, for families who are dealing with that sickness, God. And, Lord, every other need that was spoken here tonight, God. Lord, we know that no matter the situation, you are greater, Lord. You are mighty. You can do all things, Lord. We pray that you would increase our faith tonight, Lord, and that you would continue to draw us deeper, God, open our hearts and minds to what you want to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is bittersweet, mostly bitter. I've, I've Hopefully you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed um, our class. You guys have had great questions, and I'm kind of sad that it's, it's coming to an end, but we've got one more lesson to go. Um, amen. So I'll start off. We had two questions from last week. Um, one, someone asked if I would email them the slides, which I did, um, but having said that, I'm pretty sure I've connected with everyone who was interested in the slides, but if you are and you haven't gotten with me, um, just let me know. I'm happy to email them. Um, I'm also working on a condensed, more user-friendly version of my notes as well, if you're interested in that. so. If that's you, if that's something that you want, um, please feel free to come up to me after class. Give me your email address or text me, message me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, Just give me your information and I can get everything over to you. Um, And I know that we're ending the class tonight, but if you have any questions in the future, feel free to come to me. I'm not gonna pretend like I know everything because I don't, um, but I'm certainly here to help if, if you need me. Amen. Um, Someone else asked that, okay, they said, you've mentioned many apps that are helpful. Do you have any others that you found necessary for success in studying the Bible? Um, So I've probably said this to you a thousand times, but there are so, 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 so many resources out there and available to you. It's all about whether you're willing to do the work to find them. Now there are some resources that I've discovered and absolutely loved and worked them into my Bible study time, but there have been others that I've discovered and tried out and didn't really like that much. It just, it wasn't my cup of tea, didn't fit my preferences, and that's really what you will find as you start committing to Bible study. Um... There are a lot of things that I could cover, a, a thousand apps and websites and things like that, um, but it all comes down to what you like and what you personally find helpful. So I've given you the things that I would consider absolutely essential, um, but there, there's so much out there, and the only way to discover them is to dig in, right? Is trial and error. Um, the ones I've covered, like I said, Um, are things that I've discovered over the years. It wasn't like I just woke up one day and, you know, had all these things. It's things that I've experimented with and just tried out. And so that's what I would encourage you to do. Um, This isn't all that I use. I'm not um, content with all that I have. I'm always looking for more things. And so that's what I would encourage you to do is just always be looking and, and searching. You know, you might find authors that, really resonate with you and really speak to you, Um, and by all means, seek those resources out, seek those people out, um, whatever fits you, right, everything that fits me won't fit you, everything that fits you won't fit me, it's all about um, being willing to dig in and just discover what you like, amen, amen, so, one second here, I got disconnected, Brother Rubio, could you try hitting the right arrow for me? There we go. All right, so I just want to start tonight um, recapping all the things that we've covered because we have covered a lot of information, a lot of information. So um, we're just going to go through a quick little recap of all those things. Um, If you'll remember, we started out week one battling some biblical misconceptions, right? Some ideas that all of us, if or most of us, if not all of us, have probably thought. Um, and so some of the things that we learned is, number one, King James is not necessarily king, right? If you don't understand King James, if you struggle with it, that's okay, move on, right? It's not necessarily the end-all, be-all. Feel free to supplement or even substitute your reading with versions that make sense to you and that are helpful to you and easy to understand. Um, We also learned that studying is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you hold a position in the church. You don't have to be a preacher, a teacher, a a minister, a scholar to study the Bible. That's a mandate for all of us, right? If you call yourself a Christian, you ought to be studying your Bible. Amen. We talked about how we need more than just prayer to make it. Prayer is important. Prayer is something as apostolics that we've got down for the most part. But it doesn't just stop there, right? Um, We absolutely need it. It's how we hear the voice of God in our day and age. Um, And also, our success is tied to our study. You can be a Christian, but I don't think you can be a successful Christian if you don't know the word and if you don't know how to study the word. Um, and lastly, history and context are important. Amen. I think we, hopefully we understood that with that Spanish proverb that I gave you, right? It's Sometimes it's not enough to just read. Sometimes you need to know the backstory in order to understand. Amen. Can you go to the next slide, brother? Amen. And then we also talked about five reasons why Bible study is important. So they are to discover truth. I think we all know that truth is important. Amen? Bible study is how you find out what is the truth. It's important because it helps us combat confusion. There's a lot of false teaching, a lot of false prophets, a lot of false doctrine in our world today, and the only way to move beyond that and to not be ensnared by that is to study the Word. Amen. It's also, like I mentioned, the way we hear the voice of God. You know, I gave you this example. None of you have probably talked to God from a burning bush this week or this month or ever, right? The Bible is how we hear the voice of God. Um, And we also need to study the Bible. It's important because it's the only way we can be an effective soul winner. Talked about that scripture that says, How will they hear without a preacher or a teacher? Right? It's our job to teach, it's our job to disciple people and help them grow. We can't do that if we don't know the word. Um, And then finally, Bible study is important because it helps us rightly divide the word or to keep straight the truth. That's my definition there. Keep straight the truth because it's easy in our world to get the truth twisted and jumbled up, right? But Bible study helps us keep that straight. Yay, it worked. Okay. Week two, we've started delving into hermeneutics. Does anybody remember what hermeneutics means? Yes. Interpretation, right? The study of biblical translation, and interpretation. Um, So I gave you these six steps um, that you're going to want to go through every time you study your Bible. Six things that are going to be important to make sure that you're understanding the word correctly and that you're applying it correctly to your life. Um, So those were who said this or who was the author, who were they, what did they do, um, when did they say it, what was the time frame, they were living in, was there anything important going on, any cultures or traditions that I should be aware of? Um, What does the text say, or exegesis, literally, the words? What does it say? What does it mean? Um, What does it mean? I jumped ahead of myself. Interpretation, right? Now that I know exactly what it says, what does it mean? And then how do I know that's that's what it means? How do I validate what I'm reading? How do I validate my interpretation? How do I fact-check myself? And then lastly, now that I know what it means, I've done all this stuff, so what? What does it mean to me specifically? How do I apply it to my life? Um, And in week two, we focused on those bolded ones there, exegesis and interpretation. What does the text say and what does it mean? And then I also gave you um, an overview of translation. Um, I gave you th- basically three basic types of translation, right? Um, literal, which is, has an emphasis on the text, literally what does the text say and nothing else. Um, modern translation, which is really in the name, right? How would I say that in a more modern way, using modern language? And then figurative translation with an emphasis on the meaning, right? So emphasis on text, emphasis on meaning. And I talked to you about how good translation is a balance between those three things. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? Sometimes a literal definition is not going to suit you at all. It's not going to help you at all, right? There has to be a balance between what it says and what it means, Amen? Amen. And then the resources we covered in week two were the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and the Blue Letter Bible um, app and website. So just a reminder, you can get the Strong's Concordance in print form if you don't have one already. Um, It's not that expensive, and if you're not a technology person, I recommend you spend a couple dollars and get one. Amen? Um, But if you like Technology, or maybe you don't completely hate it and you want a free resource, that's what the Blue Letter Bible can do for you. And that, of course, includes that concordance in an electronic form. Amen. And then in week three, we talked about the next three steps of hermeneutic. So we already covered what it says and what it means. Week three, or last week, I gave you some resources to help figure out those other things. Who wrote it? When did they say it? And how do I know that's what it means? Um, How do I know that my interpretation is correct? We started digging into biblical research. So I talked about four different things um, that can help you answer those questions. Number one being cross-references. So a cross-reference, if you don't remember, is just an easy way to view other scriptures that deal with the same word or the same um, concept. Bible dictionaries I talked about a little bit, not necessarily my favorite, um, but they can help you understand general Bible themes and very easy-to-understand language. Then Bible commentaries I spent quite a bit of time on. Um, I think it's probably my favorite of all of these. Um, But a Bible commentary is just a scholarly review or a study of Scripture, an explanation of Scripture, right? And then finally, we talked about search engines, um, which can be a very powerful resource to find research that you might not have discovered otherwise. So maybe you've been reading through a Scripture and you've Check the concordance, and you've checked the cross-references, and you've pulled up a Bible dictionary and a commentary, but you still want a little more information, use a search engine, right? Um, The resources that we covered last week were, again, the Blue Letter Bible and good old Google, our friend Google. Um, And just as a reminder, again, if you're not a technology person, you can get all of these things in print. Um, There's a Christian bookstore right here in Flint. Stop by there. I'm sure they have a lot of this from commentaries to dictionaries to Bibles that have the cross-references built in. Um, But you can also pull all those things up on the Blue Letter Bible app. And then I I talked to you last week, too, about how you can filter um, search engines to make sure that you're only getting information that's relevant to you. Amen. I know that was a, like a super quick recap of everything, but does anybody have any questions about things that we've talked about over the last three weeks? Maybe you want a better explanation or clarification, Brother Jordan? So Brother Jordan asked, um, is there like a specific website or anything that I would recommend to help figure out like the era, the time frame that something was written in? I actually usually use commentaries, commentaries and just um, searching Google in general. Matthew Henry may not be your cup of tea because of the, the type of language that he uses, but normally what he does for every book is he actually writes an introduction. And a lot of times that includes all of that information you know, who the author was when they wrote it, some some cultural things. So he's probably my preference for figuring out those things, but, I mean, if you just do a Google search, like I said, you want validate, to validate that with other things, make sure it's not some weirdo just creating their own website in their mother's basement, like, make sure it's legitimate. Um, but there's there's so much information out there. Yes, yeah, I mentioned that last week. He does have an app if you find out that you like his commentary. Well, he specifically doesn't, but someone made an app. (laughs) Um, Anyone else? No? One thing that totally just slipped my mind is last week we did um, kind of a group activity, right, where we took that scripture where Jesus said, out of your belly, he who believes on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I gave you some homework because we only had about 15 minutes in class. Did anybody, by chance, go home and dig into that scripture a little bit more? Ooh, Sister Lynn. (laughs) Anyone else? Okay, Sister Lynn gets the the gold star. Oh, Sister Maynard. woo Gold stars for both of you. Um, Did anyone find anything else that they thought was interesting or maybe help them understand that scripture a little bit more. Brother Jordan? Good. Awesome. I'm glad it I'm glad it's helping. Any other comments? Has anyone else kind of been trying this out along the way as as we've been going? Hopefully it's been helpful a little bit to you. All right, any other questions or comments or anything before we wrap this thing up? No? Man, you guys are quiet tonight, it's making me nervous. (laughs) All right, before I move on, um, we also talked last week about how to recognize a valid source, something very near and dear to my English major heart. Um, I won't beat a dead horse, ha ha, But um, I will kind of go through these um, just, again, to get them in your mind. Remember what's the rule before you repost that thing on Facebook. Run it through this filter. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. How to recognize a valid source. Number one, who is the author, right? If you can't figure out who the author is and you can't figure out why you should believe them, chances are it's baloney, right? Um, who is funding their research? What's their motive in publishing this information? right? Is there some big organization behind them with lots of Benjamin Franklin's in their pocket trying to influence um, what you believe, right? Are there What sort of biases might they have? And let me just stop and say it's not necessarily a bad thing for someone. To have a bias okay sometimes it is but sometimes it's not what's important for you is that you recognize it right so it's not necessarily a bad thing if a certain organization is behind this research but you need to recognize what is their motive right what is their bias and be aware of that so that you can make sure that you're still using it subjectively I don't know if I said that right Okay, um, what kinds of ads are present? If you think your computer is gonna blow up if you click on one of their ads, probably not a good website. Um, where are they getting their information? Are they just spouting off facts without citing them? If so, stay away, right? You wanna make sure that they're getting information from the right place. And then the other sources back up what they're saying. If they're the only person on the internet saying it, it's probably not true, right? You want to make sure, even if you can't figure out some of this information, you want to make sure that other valid sources are backing up what they have to say. Amen? Amen. So tonight, um, oops, that's not supposed to pop up there. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Let's try this. Brother Rubio, can you hit the right key for me? probably still going to do it. Can you try to hit it once? Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay, we'll pretend. I guess I'll address that right away. <laughs> um, so I want to give you a, some general tips and kind of a suggested workflow um, on on a way to study the Bible that I think is is effective. Um, (laughs) you can't see them on here, Um, but I want to give you three S's, okay, three S's, and I will read them since you can't see them, right, so number one is spirit-filled prayer, spirit-filled prayer, two is spirit-reserved space, Spirit-reserved space. And three, spirit-led study. Spirit-led study. And what I believe in the way that you can remember this is that spirit-filled prayer in a spirit-reserved space will always lead to spirit-led study. Okay? So I'll say that one more time. Spirit-filled prayer in a spirit-reserved space will always lead to spirit-led study. Amen. So let's start with spirit-filled prayer. Try to ignore that picture for a minute. So the Bible says, right, that God is what? a spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? So we've spent the last three weeks talking about the truth side of things. So hopefully by now you recognize the importance of truth, of seeking truth, about being proactive about the truth, right? So we've covered that part But you need to know that your communion with God and your relationship with God requires both things, spirit and truth. You cannot live for God with just one or the other. One or the other. You have to have both sides of the coin. Amen? Um, Because the Bible says, again, great is the mystery of godliness, You can only do so much study without the Spirit's help, right? There still needs to be a spirit of revelation. There are going to be some things you could study until you're blue in the face, and you might still not understand it. That's where the Spirit comes in, right? Great is the mystery of godliness. It says faith is the evidence of things not seen. It says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and all of those things, right? The Bible is the sword of the Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit. It is a spiritual weapon. I want you to hear that. It's a spiritual weapon. We better make sure we are in the Spirit before we try to wield it. We better make sure we're in the Spirit before we try to wield it. Now, I don't want to go off on a tangent Um, But I think that's part of the problem with the world that we live in today and with the church today. We want to sometimes quote scripture and throw truth bombs at people and condemn people to hell without ever being in the spirit. That's a problem. That's an absolute problem because, you know, knowledge without wisdom is dangerous, Knowledge without wisdom is dangerous. I can know everything in the world, but if I don't know how to use that knowledge wisely, it becomes dangerous. Right? Wisdom comes from the Spirit. Wisdom comes from the Spirit. Don't be foolish enough to think that you can understand or handle this God-breathed, Spirit-inspired word with a carnal mind. You will not handle it responsibly. Yes, Bible study is important. Yes, truth is important. But we better make sure before we ever get to that step that we're in the Spirit. Amen? Because if we're just approaching it with a carnal mind, it's not going to profit us. It's not going to profit anybody else. We need to make sure that we're in the Spirit, especially before we start trying to share it with other people. Because we could do a lot of damage wielding that sword if we're not in the Spirit. Amen. So maybe, you know, you're, you're sitting here today and you feel like you've never even really been taught how to pray in the Spirit. Um, most of us have probably, you know, had moments of prayer where, you know, we pray and we, we go through that whole thing. We have our prayer time, but we never get into the Spirit, right? Can we be real for a second? There are times, some, sometimes, where it's a struggle to get into the Spirit. Um, so I want to give you a resource that I think is absolutely phenomenal to help you understand how to pray in a way that gets you into the Spirit. Because there is a difference between prayer and Spirit-filled prayer. Amen? Um, so if you haven't heard of this already, um, probably a lot of youth and Hyphen have, but I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, Pastor Anthony Mangan, um, he's the pastor at the Pentecostals of Alexandria, which is the biggest church in our organization, Um, phenomenal man of God, Um, but he does a series that's called Heaven to Earth, Heaven to Earth. Um, He has some YouTube videos out there, um, and he actually also just released a book as well. So what this is, um, some of you have heard of this before, is Praying Through the Tabernacle, Praying through the tabernacle. Probably not a a new thing for most people, but the way he presents the information is so powerful and just absolutely amazing. Um, And and I believe he gives a method for prayer that will take you into the Spirit every single time. If you're willing to commit to it, it will take you into the Holy... You will be praying in the Holy Ghost by the end. There's no way you can't, truthfully. Um, so I absolutely recommend that, um, write it down. Um, now I mentioned he has a book. Um, I personally haven't read the book since it's new. It's on my Amazon wish Um, but I know that Sister Hannah is, is, I think she just finished it. Um, I'm sure the book is good and I even asked her opinion on this. Um, I think it's worth your time to watch the YouTube videos. What was that? Yeah, the book is maybe $10. You can find the the YouTube videos for free. Um, I'm sure you can find them on Pentecostal Publishing House as well. Um, But YouTube is free. Um, I think there's maybe nine videos total. Absolutely worth your time. Highly recommend. Um, Just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal series. So before you even get to the Bible study part of your flow, right? You want to make sure that first you've had spirit-filled prayer, not just any prayer. Spirit-filled prayer. Amen? Um, And in my opinion, I think it's also important to have a spirit-reserved space. A spirit-reserved space. Now, what do I mean when I say space? I'm talking about both time and location, so when I say you should have a spirit-reserved space, I'm saying you should have a spirit-reserved time and a spirit-reserved location. Um, a, a time and a place where you consistently meet with God. Amen? Now, what I, what really what I'm talking about here is, is healthy habits. Now, we're all familiar with healthy habits in the flesh, If you're like me, you usually ignore them, amen, right? So, But, uh, you know, in the physical, I don't always feel like getting on a treadmill, right? I don't always feel like eating a salad. I'm not a lettuce person. Is anyone a lettuce person, really? Oh my gosh, bless your hearts. Oh, oh God, deliver them. (laughs) Hey man, just kidding. You're healthier than me, obviously. So, you know, in the flesh, you don't always feel like doing what is healthy for your body, right? Amen? Even you weirdos who like lettuce, every once in a while, you want some chocolate, you want a cheeseburger, amen? You want some wings, amen? Amen? Okay, don't get distracted thinking about dinner tonight, but you get what I'm saying, right? In the physical, you don't always feel like doing what is healthy, and I want to give you just a huge revelation, Okay, this is going to rock your world. But you're not always going to feel like praying. You're not always going to feel like praying. You won't always feel like studying the Bible. Shocker, I know. You're not always going to feel like it. But a relationship with God ought to transcend our feelings. Amen? I don't live for God based on my feelings. My feelings come and go. Lord knows. They come and go, right? Um, So if I'm living based on that, you know what that means? My relationship with God will come and go. If you wonder why you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down, that's something to think about. You're not always going to feel like it, right? I don't serve God because of my emotions. I serve God because he's good. I serve God because he's great. Amen? I serve God because he's worthy of me making him a priority whether I'm on the mountain or in the valley. Amen? Amen. So you're not always going to feel like it, but it's about healthy habits. Right? Even if you don't care about keeping your physical body healthy, you better care about keeping your spiritual man healthy. Amen? Healthy habits. Making a place for God, right? This is perfect timing because Pastor just preached a message on this, right? About reserving a room for God. Is there room for God in your life? You need to have a spirit-reserved time. A spirit-reserved time where you connect with God every day. Every day day. Every day. We fast for a day. Sometimes fast for a meal and our bodies are screaming and we know how to give in to that big old baby, right? But some of us starve our spirit for weeks and months and years and just ignore it. We need to have a spirit reserved time every day. Um, something that the Lord has really been dealing with me about lately is time. Um, you know, I, I think that our greatest treasure in this day and age is not money. Most of us in here pay our tithes without even thinking twice about it. I've got mine set up on, on auto pay, I don't even have to think about it. Right? Our greatest treasure is not money, it's time. It's time. Sometimes paying our tithes doesn't even seem like a sacrifice anymore, but you talk about reserving some time. That's, that's something different. Um, I kind of went back and forth on whether I, I was going to share this or not, but I think I'm going to. Um, one thing specifically that God has laid on my heart, um, you know, Pastor is calling for February to be this month of consecration, right? I have no problem tithing my money. But what I feel like God has been calling me to do, at least this month, is to tithe my time. It's to tithe my time. You know, a lot of us will maybe take a break from social media, but then we'll turn around and fill it with something else that takes time away from God, right? So I literally sat down with a calculator, which don't judge me. I'm bad at math, okay? So yes, I needed a calculator. But I said, okay, I've got 24 hours in the day. I normally sleep about seven hours. That means I have 17 hours where I'm wide awake. I'm going to tithe that. 1.7 hours every day. Time. It's easy for us to, to give and to sacrifice our money, but time, that's a different beast. Every day we need to have a time, a time reserved for God. And I think it's also beneficial to have a location, a spirit-reserved location. The Bible says when you pray to go into your closet and shut the door behind you. Now, if I tried to go into my closet and pray, it would be a hilarious sight, let me tell you. So I'm I'm not saying that literally, you know, you have to squeeze into your closet. Hey, if you have a walk-in closet... No excuses. Just kidding. So not necessarily a closet, but a secluded space. A secluded space. A space that is set apart from the rest of the world. Um, one thing that I learned going through college and even high school um, that they told me a lot. I don't know if they still do this. But they would tell us, you know, try not to ever study in your bedroom. Don't study, or specifically, don't study in your bed. Why? You know why. Because you're cuddled up in those warm blankets with all those pillows, pretty soon your study session turns into a three-hour nap and you're working at the last minute to get that paper turned in, right? Um, It's because it's easy for us to take places that are reserved for other things and try to use them for study and to get distracted right? Um, and in case you've been wondering this whole time what this picture is, um, I'm I'm not showing you a picture of my room because God is still working on me. Um, but I did, without permission, but I asked for permission later, snap this picture in Sister Hannah's room. Um, <laughs> so she did give me, you know, Sister Shelly used to be my boss, and she used to say, do something and then ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. So that's what I did. So I I took this picture um, because it looks much neater and cooler than my room. Um, But this is a spot, a little place in her bedroom. Um, It's this little bitty area, but she took this and made it a place, right? Right? Like I said, we can't fit into our closets, but she took this little area and created a space that is set apart for prayer, set apart for study, right, away from distractions. Um, Even Jesus, when it was time for for him to connect um, on a spiritual level, had a secluded place of prayer in the garden. You know, if you read that scripture, he was with his 12 disciples and then he took his three disciples and went a little bit further and then eventually he said, you guys stay here. I'm going all the way in. I'm, I'm shutting myself off from the world. I'm secluding myself from any distractions and I'm just going to connect with the Spirit, right? So I'm not saying that you can't connect with God if you don't have a prayer closet. It's not what I'm saying, but I am saying That it will be easier for you to develop a habit of prayer and a habit of Bible study if you commit to setting aside a specific time and a specific place to pray and study every day. And no matter what, nothing's getting in the way of that. Right? Amen. So we talked about spirit-filled prayer and a spirit-reserved place a spirit-reserved time and location. When you do those things, you will have spirit-led study. Once I've prayed and once I've connected with God in this place, at this altar that is set aside for just Him, He will speak to me through His Word in a spiritual way, right? And I will have spirit-led study. Um, So if you've never read through the entire Bible, or maybe you have read through the entire Bible and didn't understand it very well. Or maybe it's just been a long time since you've read through the entire Bible. It's My, my challenge to you today is to start there. Start there. Um, I would recommend you start with the New Testament because once you get to all the begats in the Old Testament, you'll be like not cut out for this, right? But start in the New Testament. It's easier reading. Um, And just New Testament first, book by book, chapter by chapter. Um, If if you want to read through it in in a year, you can do that. But I would rather you go at your own taste and dig deeper. Instead of trying to go fast, instead of trying to hit a a deadline, I think it's good to, to have a goal, maybe at least one or two chapters a day but instead of trying to sprint to a finish line, go deeper, go deeper. Um, I also highly, highly, highly recommend Bible journaling. I recommend journaling, period. I'm an English major, sue me. Um, But I really do think that Bible journaling is phenomenal, especially if this is your first time going through the Bible. Um, so just to give you an idea of what that looks like, if it's your first time journaling, go out to Barnes & Noble and treat yourself to one of those beautiful, leather-bound, good-smelling journals. Amen. I probably have—me and Sister Hannah have a problem. We have way too many journals. Wait, so, hey, if you need one, we've probably got an extra one for you. Um, but go buy a journal and make that your Bible study journal, right? And just start with a book. Take a book. If you want to start with the New Testament, like I suggested, start with Matthew, right? And go to that first page of your journal and write Matthew and get started. Um, Use all the resources that I've given you to first figure out who wrote this. When did they write it? You know, what sort of cultural stuff do I need to be aware of? What did that person do? Right? Was it really Matthew who wrote it? You will f- you will find out. You will be surprised sometimes by who writes these books, and sometimes they don't even know for sure who wrote the books. But start there, right? Matthew. Do a heading: author, and then dig. Who wrote it? Who were they? Why is that important? Do another heading: era or time. When did they write it? What was going on? What sort of important events? happening, right? And then once you have that foundation, start going book by book, or chapter by chapter, I mean. So figure out who wrote it, when they wrote it, any sort of cultural things that you need, and then do another heading, chapter one, and start digging. Use that concordance, right? Um, Use those commentaries and just go verse by verse, what does this text say, right? All those steps that I gave you. What is this saying? What does it mean? Pull in all of those resources. Um, if there's something you don't understand, see, we have a, have a habit sometimes. If we don't understand it, we just skim, skip to the next verse. We're like, let me get to something I can understand. If you find something you don't understand, stop. Dig. Dig until you understand it right? And as you go, verse by verse, write things down. Write down what you've learned, right? You know, was there a verse that you really loved, that really spoke to you? Write down that reference, circle it, highlight it. If it really spoke to you, memorize it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? Take notes, memorize, dig, dig, If you can only get through one chapter a day, do one chapter a day. If you can only get through half a chapter a day, do a half a chapter a day. Just make sure that you're not just reading to read, but you're reading to understand, right? So when you do all of these things, when you have that spirit-filled prayer in a spirit-reserved place, it will lead to spirit-led study. And when you have all those things, when you have that foundation, the Spirit will lead you to that last step of hermeneutics. Does anybody remember what that was? What? Application. So maybe you've been like, oh, we haven't covered that yet. Well, once you pray in the Spirit, once you set apart time for God, time and a space for God. Once you've had that deep spirit-led study of his word, it really won't be difficult for you to figure out how to apply what you've learned to your life. That'll be, that'll be the easiest part, right? You will be so full of his presence, so full of his goodness, so full of his word that his purpose and his direction will be crystal clear. Amen? Amen. So just remember, the three S's, go out and buy yourself a journal if you don't have one. It will help you. And like I said, I'm here. Any questions or tips that that you might need, feel free to come see me. I'm always available to help. Um, Does anybody have any questions? No? This is your last chance. Going once. Going twice. You are free. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Jill. And um, God sent her to me because I was being stubborn. Um, I, I told her this literally when she came up to me. I was like, oh, man. Because God had been dealing with me for months, months. Yeah, almost a year about doing this. And eventually, I guess he was like, well, She's too hard-headed. So, I, I mean, I had multiple people. So I'm, I'm glad that hopefully this has been beneficial to you. Hopefully you've learned some things. I 100% agree with Sister Jill. I think God is getting ready to take this church to the next level. Amen. And that if we could stop living on the surface and dig in and take this month of February and consecrate ourselves, I mean, pff, there's no telling what God is going to do. Amen. 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 So let's bind together. Let's dig into the Word. Let's dig into prayer like we never have before. Amen? Amen. Anyone else have anything? Brother Jordan? Yeah, good idea. We'll end with prayer. So actually, why don't, if you can, why don't we all just come up to the front and we'll pray together as a group.